The following episode of the 9pm edict contains strong language, adult themes, nostalgia, and of course disturbing sexual imagery. Saturday the 6th of November 2021, you know him from ABC TV's 7.30 and so many other things. He's our guest today once more as the spring series continues... It's satirist Mark Humphreys. Right. In this episode, we discuss Mark's beauty tips. Why not wear someone else's skin? We issue a warning for those of you attempting to understand the world. Let's not get bogged down in Planet of the Apes lore uh, again. And we, we, we did something that caused Mark to say this. That's really something. Those, those grabs were really lazy, weren't they? Hello, I'm Stilgarian. This is the 9pm Unexpected Messaging Experiment with Mark Humphreys. Uh, you'll find out why. Uh, Mark Humphreys, welcome uh, to The Edict once more. Thank you, Stilgarian. What an absolute thrill. That sounded very sincere, can I just... <laughs> Can I just faux, sin- faux sincerity is my <laughs> entire brand still. <laughs> okay, look, a quick, checklist, a quick checklist before we get underway. Are you a climate scientist? Not to my knowledge. Are you an agent of the French intelligence services? That I am, that I am. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, this may, change, uh, <laughs> this may change some things. How are you enjoying Glasgow? <laughs> or Glasgow, as the Americans say. I am coming to you live from Glasgow. Is, is that your question? <laughs> How's the weather? Yes. That's yeah. Right. I'm about as close to Glasgow as Wolf Blitzer is, I think. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I haven't been following closely, uh, and I think that's mo- the way Morrison likes it. Um. <sighs> Wolf Blitzer, that whole thing is lovely, though. Wolf Blitzer on CNN tweeted, Now reporting from Edinburgh in Scotland, where 20,000 world leaders and delegates have gathered for the COP26 climate summit. And there he is sitting on the set in front of Edinburgh Castle. Indeed, in Edinburgh... Has he? Has he? Has there been a follow-up tweet explaining this? Is there just that they couldn't get a hotel? Uh, this the, the the roads were bad. I don't know. What, what, or just is it a genuine <laughs> booking error? And they're just leaning into it. Uh. I get the feeling it's it's very much the latter. I mean, <laughs> Scotland. What's it? It's about seventy kilometres from okay. Edinburgh to Glasgow. I looked that up. Although, as a, a Scottish friend said, we use miles in Scotland. I thought, well, that's that's even further. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, but I because I, I, I saw because I because I always give people the benefit of the doubt, rightly or wrongly. I am someone who sort of if people. People make mistakes publicly. I always assume there's something more going on there. So I'm I'm giving Wolf a wide berth, and I, I'm assuming that it's just a hotel booking issue. That there were too many delegates trying to uh, get a hotel, and that that was the closest they could get. Um, but that they will be on site for the actual, you know, uh, main, main the meat of it. Uh, well, but I'm, no, they've got generous. those three leather chairs sitting up with a view of Edinburgh Castle. Yeah. Well, you get a better you get a better overview of it from a distance. Maybe they're sort of looking at a sort of macro. They're looking at the conference from a macro level rather than a micro level. Wow, and, cl- <laughs> and climate is pretty big. <laughs> That's it. This is it's big picture stuff. I particularly enjoyed, and this is this is uh, not a segue at all. Um, the other night for Halloween, a guy on Twitter called Foz Tex uh, was uh, having his traditional. Uh, Halloween movie marathon at home. Mm-hmm. And one of the movies he decided to watch uh, is from 1967, 
Uh, it's called Quite a Mass in the Pit in the UK. It's a Hammer Horror film. Uh, in the America, in the America, it was called Five Million Years to Earth. And the remarkable thing is, one of the characters says this. If we found that our Earth was doomed, say, by climatic changes, what would we do about it? Nothing. Just go on squabbling as usual. That is an amazing find. I think what's even more amazing is it's barely got any retweets. That should be going massive. That's a, I, I, I love the idea that the writer of that could suddenly become you know, celebrated as some sort of savant. But um, it's like I remember there's a – I was a huge – I am a huge fan of the Planet of the Apes franchise. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's a, you know, in the third one, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, as you know, um, there's a line there talking about, you know, when are we going to deal with the hole in the ozone layer? That was something that was – I think that was maybe 1973, I think they were raising it there. And I feel like we sort of started to deal with that – Maybe a decade later, I don't know. When, when, when did we get round to actually dealing with the ozone layer? Or have we? <laughs> uh, look, we did. Um, like it, it's still there, and not, but not as big as it could have been, simply because, yes, we banned uh, a lot of chemicals used as refrigerants and as mm. propellants in spray cans and is all of those CFCs, things. CFCs, is that right? Yep, chlorofluorid, chlorofluorid, CFCs. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with CFCs. <laughs> You know what we, you know what it stands yeah. for. Don't um, make us say it. Freon, which is a trade name uh, for one of the chemicals used in refrigerators and so on. So yeah, it we we decided to fix it. Mm. And what a concept. <laughs> well, and then we had all. How the did that happen? How did they? How, why was that something that the world could come together on? Uh, what was it about that issue versus you know the present one? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know why there was more of a sort of a, an appetite for collective action. Well, there wasn't a global industry that absolutely depended ah. on these particular chemicals. <laughs> right. It was more a matter of, oh, you want us to make something a bit different? All right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and we'll do that. Yeah. Um, Whereas at the moment we have the, uh, the petrochemical industry and the coal industry. Yeah. We've yeah. already dug the hole, okay? You know, we're not... They, you know, let us see it through, please. We've, we <laughs> don't... <laughs> this is the coal company speaking. Just We've dug the hole. We're not going back at this point. That's enough about the climate, though, I think. Is there ever enough? <laughs> I think that's the issue. People saying, that's enough about the climate, isn't it? I think that's how we got to this point. Uh, I mean, it is. <laughs> but yes. Um, look, as we're recording this on Wednesday uh, afternoon, and it's probably not going to be on, on the line until Saturday, mm -hmm. so an awful lot of things are likely to happen. Climate change will be solved by then, is what you're by saying? By Saturday, yes. Okay. It, this could all be out of this date. This will be such old... Scott Morrison is going to convince everyone... Remember when we used to talk plan. about climate change? Yeah. Oh, that's so last week. God. <laughs> but that's the thing. The, I, my issue, one of my issues with the climate change debate, and this is purely from a selfish standpoint, yeah. is that I, as much as I want action on climate change and I want this to be taken seriously because it, everyone's lives are at stake, from a uh, from my own sort of career standpoint, in terms of what I do and you know, making satirical you know videos, I'm bored of talking about climate change. So one of the great motivators for me for us to do something about it is so that I can do something else. I'm bored. I don't have any more. I don't have any more sketches I can do. I don't have any more, more jokes I have about the topic. So it was sort of it was kind of a similar thing with the same sex marriage debate. It's just sort of like, what are you, you know, like? I'm so 
you know, <laughs> this is such a ridiculous thing that we. You want to round up all the queers again, don't you? Let's start that again. Let's. Right? Well, no, the opposite of that, really. No, no, what, what I'm, what I'm, no what I don't I, know where I was going. I don't that, know where you, that was. <laughs> round up the queers was a big jump from where I was going. No, my point was is just that uh, with the same-sex marriage debate, it was such a no-brainer that this is something that is going to happen. It will happen. So let's just let's just get it done. Let's just get it. Done. And and again, from a selfish standpoint, I was sort of just like, I can't satirize this anymore. Just like I've done, I don't know what else I can say. So just so that I I'm just bored in my own job, <laughs> sending the sending up the arguments against it. So can you just approve it so I can then focus on something else? It was just something where I just felt like it just derailed conversation for so long it's the same thing with climate change we spend so much time talking about it when we could be just you know we could have resolved not resolved it but we could have taken greater action years ago and moved on to other topics um anyway that is one approach you've outlined there some some people working in the entertainment industry just keep doing the same joke over and over again well i mean i, I do aspire to that don't get me wrong um i uh I, yeah i think there's a <laughs> 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 yeah, a very, very, very lucrative career can be made of that. Um, uh, incidentally, loved, loved the Hey Hey at Saturday uh, reunion. Don't know if you saw that. It was fantastic. I uh, know. I did. <laughs> you missed that? Okay. I missed that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it was, very, it, was, it, was, it was charming. It was very well put together. <laughs> now, you say that, mm. but I'm of an age that when you went to Melbourne for a few days, the compulsory thing to do was go and see the taping of Hey Hey right? on Saturday, yeah, right. the Saturday afternoon. I was in the audience and I was in an audience cutaway shot at one point because uh -huh. I was down you know, near the front row somewhere. Mm -hmm. Standard thing, two seconds on camera. Right. For the next two weeks, everyone I ran into saying that they'd seen me Is on television. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was huge. And it was, as we say, basically the same joke over and over <laughs> again, just different nuances to the racism but for the and, <laughs> and the homophobia. The, the, I, it's funny sometimes, I, I, in terms of uh, the, the 7.30 sketches, sometimes I think, you know, friends now don't, you know, they don't generally, you know, bring it up. It's just not something that comes up in conversation. But if I'm on, like, there was a thing where the ABC, ABC News did a story about I mean, it was about retail or hospitality, and they did, and they they did a, a story at a, a a cafe in the rocks that I just happened to be dining at when they were filming, and I'm just sitting there having my <laughs> scones and tea um, in the background, and I got I probably got more texts from people going, "Hey, were you in that <laughs> were you in that scone story?" <laughs> than like, "Oh, you know." Enjoyed the enjoyed the latest sketch. It was more like, "Hey, I think I saw you. you I think I saw you eating scones." <laughs> so. A similar thing happened to me when I was at the ABC in Adelaide. In the uh, uh, well, when when was John Howard Prime Minister? Or it might have been before he was Prime Minister. Well, it was nineteen ninety six to okay, two thousand seven. Yeah, no. So before that, he must have been opposition leader or shadow treasurer or something. Anyway, um, and and my mother on on my next phone call with her, she said. Oh, I saw you on the television the other day with with John Howard, and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, absolutely, like what? It turned out that he was the guest on the morning program, mm -hmm. and he was, you know, in the control room and about to be shown through um, to the on-air studio, 
and I was the producer of the fo- program that was to follow afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I'd just come down to the studio and, and saying hi to everyone. And and Gail Bartell, who was the tech producer of the morning show, said, oh, still, can you just take Mr Howard through? Oh. And, and so literally... I opened the door to let him into the on-air studio. And, of course, because it was Howard, there were some cameras in there or whatever. The television was was doing recording the interview as well. And and so, yes, I opened the door um, for John Howard. Politely, <laughs> this way, please. Um, Literally, and in a kind of political sense as well, you sort of really led to that 11 years, didn't you? It's true. Um, I mean, we saw... Uh, the Bulletin magazine had as the the front cover back when he had a, a you know popularity rating down in the single digits and and the Bulletin actually had his photo on the front cover with with the headline Why does this man bother? <laughs> uh, which they then riffed off when he became prime minister eventually uh, and they withdrew their their comment. <laughs> this is what this is like the <laughs> is it the Fin Review or. Whichever magazine or paper went went all in on Gladys, like sort of, you know, the woman who saved Australia, and then about a week later she's in front of ICAC. <laughs> uh, look, it's funny you should mention ICAC um, because that is something I wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much you've been following it, but I, I thought that there's a book to be written in the collected thoughts of Daryl Maguire. Definitely. And Sam Maiden, uh, she's political editor of news.com.au, she said these these phone transcripts should be in a museum. She said, I keep returning to this one, and I'll read it in a bit, it's like dialogue from a play, like Death of a Salesman or something. And I'll just I'll just read the Daryl Maguire bits where, where they're talking about how politics corrupts you. But you know what? Constituents use you every day. People use you every day, right? You have your ass to the world every day, right? For people to raise funds for you, to come to your fundraisers, to fucking will vote for you, to man your booths. We become prostitutes, prostitutes. You have a good long think about it, Hawkus. We have become fucking harlots and prostitutes through no fault of our own because of these you know, rules of transparency, of, you know, arm's length of not talking to this person or that person or bloody ICAC or everything else. <laughs> I like that also in that, isn't there a series of, uh, from Gladys Berger, aren't there a series of mmms? Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> interspersed with that. And it, it, one does get the impression, I have not read all of the bazillion pages of these telephone intercept transcripts, no. but, but an awful lot of these phone conversations seem to be Daryl Maguire off on a rant yeah. with, with Gladys Berejiklian just going, mm. I'm mm, just trying to, exa- yeah. You know, you know, stirring the cooking or, or, <laughs> or typing up a, a letter yeah, or something like it, that. It does feel like one of those plays that you could do where it's just, the, I think there's, I'm trying to think what, it was, what, what play I was reading about recently, but where it's basically just transcripts. Like there's no, the, the playwright doesn't really need to do anything. You just sort of go, okay, we'll get someone to play Gladys, someone to play Daryl, and uh, let's just... Uh, it's almost like Frost Nixon or something. Let's just, <laughs> let's just play the tapes. Speaking of, speaking of Frost Nixon, do you know of Harry Shearer's Nixon uh, thing, Nixon's the one? No, I'm, I'm, I, I have... I'm vaguely. He has a podcast, or what? What? What is? What, I what, mean, what, Harry Shearer does have a podcast, and he does satirical things. No, no, Harry Shearer, who people will know as doing voiceover artist for The Simpsons, primarily people will know him from, but also was the founder of uh, Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. the band, and all of that, and uh, has been on stage since he was a kid. Yes. Um, 
wasn't he, he in, was he in the it wasn't in the it wasn't the little rascals what, what what's what was it was he he's one of those something like that wasn't it little rascals sandlot kids something like that i i can't find it now but he, like he goes way back like he he Worked on the Jack Benny show in the US. Yeah, he was right. friends with Mel Blanc, who was the, the great um, um, Warner Voice, Brothers. Voice over Bugs artists. Bunny, Daffy yeah. Duck, Barney Rubble, uh, and, and so on. No, no, um, Harry Shearer has taken the actual transcripts, 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 the actual transcripts, I'll edit one of them together, of Nixon's secret recordings and redone them ah, as right. Nixon. I see, I but see. As a video production, but it's it's shot with like would be your kind of worst nineteen seventies surveillance camera. So right, it's this right. grainy footage and this echoey sound mm-hmm. uh, because the tapes themselves are, are pretty hard to listen to. But they've done a modern recreation of the tapes. Well, do you do you remember during the Michael Jackson trial? It's called Nixon's the one, right? I just say. Do you remember that during the Michael Jackson trial of uh, two thousand and five? Maybe I don't know. That they couldn't show, they, yeah, they wouldn't, they weren't able to show, they weren't have, able to have cameras in the courtroom. But there was an, a US network, and it got played here, I think, maybe on pay TV, where they got um, actors. They took the transcripts of that day's court, you know, uh, proceedings, and got actors to to act it out. And they had a Michael Jackson impersonator playing Michael. But because Michael did not, my memory is Michael did not take the stand. So it's basically just a lot of cutaways to a, you know, a very poorly made up you know, man in a wig, uh, just making a lot of emotive faces, as, as emotive as a Michael Jackson face can be. Um, yeah, terrible, <laughs> terrible television. But, <laughs> but, but Samantha Maiden had a tweet. This is another quote from the, um, uh, this is five days ago, or if you're listening when this episode goes out, this was eight days ago. Um, uh, Samantha Maiden writes, ICAC is playing a phone intercept between Gladys Berejiklian and Daryl Maguire after he was asked to appear at ICAC as a witness. Two rules, be honest and listen to your lawyers. Maguire is complaining about $10,000 in legal fees because of, quote, some fucker. (laughs) I'm very fond of referring to people you don't like as some fucker. I, I do recommend, and I, I will have this link on the podcast website to ICAC's operational Keppel, uh, well, data dump, really. It's all the transcripts, all of the exhibits. Um, it's all there. Free to read, folks. Free. To, free yeah. To, but I do think the, the collected thoughts of Daryl Maguire on these fuckers <laughs> and being a harlot because of these people want everything from you because your ass is sticking out there. You can see what she, what Gladys saw at him, can't you? You can, yeah. see, you can see the appeal now. People at the, at the time were like, this guy? But now that you see the transcripts, you go, I can see the attraction. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He tells it like it is. And I'm, I'm 99% sure that none of that is in contempt of court. <laughs> we have commented about the, our reactions I think to the transcripts. And the transcripts are not in doubt. Yeah. Michael Jackson, however... Yeah, no, not so sure. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, thanks to Vivica Wiley, and I'm going to keep blaming him for this, I do talk about my dreams now on the podcast. <laughs> uh, my somewhat lucid dreams. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, my, my mom's um, podcast will start very soon. A, a range of childcare products will be available at the store. Um, 
<laughs> Please. Yeah, maybe not. The other day, well, I'm not quite sure when this uh, one was, but uh, this dream, I was in space for some reason mm-hmm. and there was a bearded man who had to jump from a spacecraft and re-enter the atmosphere for some reason. I mean, probably because he wanted to come back. So you, you were dreaming about Felix Baumgartner, were you? Is it? Well, um, I'm not sure that he had a beard. No, when I was with him on this spacecraft, you <laughs> see. I mean, I know Felix Baumgartner is, is the man who jumped from space. Mm. Uh, but anyway... Hey, can, I, can I just have a special... Just a, a, an imaginary round of applause for remembering the name Felix Baumgartner. That is... People aren't talking about Felix Baumgartner these days. Not even Felix is. Uh, but that was a big deal at the time. It was only, mm. I don't remember now when it was. Uh, time no longer has any meaning. Yeah, well, once you've been up there... <laughs> <laughs> Once you've jumped from space well, jumped down to the space, earth, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, this guy had to had to uh, jump down, and, and he re-entered the atmosphere and landed on Earth. I'm not quite sure in the dream how he he did this safely, but for some reason, then he was seen as like a major demigod or diplomat. Uh, to uh, the creatures on this planet. Perhaps oh. it wasn't Earth after all. Perhaps it was a colony or something. And everyone else, however, on this planet had been buried and there were small grave markers in the harsh desert sun of this planet, except for where this guy had came down uh, and, and whatever. And then on this planet, I remember there being a formal dinner uh, with just one person to commemorate this guy who'd come from space, uh, who was using a small pair of tongs to serve himself a bunch of pine needles from a large serving bowl. It's very specific details. It's amazing you remember all this. Um well, as, as I've discussed elsewhere on the pod, this is a thing that, that happens in my brain now thanks to um, a side effect of a medication. I was I about to say, what do you ingest before bedtime? That was my next question. Is it a blue cheese? Is it? A <laughs> What's I a reckon that's a myth. <laughs> I've had... Strong dreams after a strong cheese. So I'm, I'm open. But have you had strong dreams not after a strong cheese? No, no. I, I, so I am someone who is open to the idea of the cheese connection. But, but, so, but I'm interested about the this. The cheese uh, connection. Yeah. The world's that, worst isn't jazz that, isn't fusion that a, band. Isn't that, a, isn't that a Paul Williams song? Um, <laughs> and the, but I'm now intrigued by this as a premise that what if you had a Felix Baumgartner character who goes up, he, he's, his, big, his big claim to fame is going to be that he's going to be the first man to sort of drop from space and that when he does actually land, mankind has been wiped out uh, and, uh, yeah, something has happened in between the time that he went up uh, to the you know, top of the atmosphere and came down. Again, I'm channeling yeah, some Planet of the Apes. I you channeling Planet uh, yeah. of the Apes, yes. <laughs> it's but Planet of the Apes minus the Apes. It's just, it's just Planet, yeah. So you don't really have strong dreams? Vivid, vivid dreams? The most... No, not for years. I, the, I used to have stronger ones. I, the, 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 uh, the one that stands out for me was something where I, I remember being... Uh, I was in I was in a headlock. Someone I was being someone was, you know, strangling me in a dream, and I remember in the dream sort of thinking, oh god, if I just sort of adjust my body, I think I can elbow this guy and, and get him off me, and and I and I remember thinking, okay, yes, I've got it. And as I go in the dream to uh, push my elbow into this guy's face. I wake up and smash my radio <laughs> next to the bed against the wall. So, uh, yeah, I got the guy off, but sorry, excuse me. No, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but destroyed a, destroyed a radio in the process. Would you have died in that dream? If you had died in that dream, would you have died? Would you have been strangled? 
Very interesting. Is this a sort of Freddy Krueger sort of <laughs> sort of channeling, channeling idea? No, it's more a really ham-fisted segue into the Facebook becomes meta oh, video. Oh, okay, all right. You know the video. I, I mean, where uh, they're they're in space and Mark Zuckerberg is yeah scrolling through his fashion choices. Hey, are you coming? Yeah, just got to find something to wear. All right, perfect. Boy. <laughs> oh, hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Hi. Mark. What's up, Mark? Whoa, we're floating in space? Uh-huh. Who made this place? It's <laughs> awesome. Right? It's from a crater. I met in L.A. Uh, this place is amazing. <laughs> Boz, is that you? Of course it's me. You know I had to be the robot, man. I thought I was supposed to be the robot. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I'll level with you because I think that that video goes for what? How long? Ten minutes? Something like that? Uh, feels like it goes for a it, month. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I think I watched about a minute 30. It's very hard to watch because Mark Zuckerberg looks like an uncanny valley version of Mark Zuckerberg. He's very difficult to look at. Yeah, and, and look, he's, he's fair distance down the spectrum, which is a big part of that. But someone did note that uh, for the one where he's presenting... Um, Oh, it was Harry Shearer who noted this on his podcast called, which is called Le Show, every mm-hmm. Sunday night in the US. It's available Monday in Australia. Um, he did note that someone seemed to have taught him that he should at least move his hands, right? Okay, occasionally, mm-hmm. but he'd he'd obviously got down like the one hand gesture which he used over and over. It- it had and over again, which is the beginner's mistake of <laughs> television <laughs> presenters. I mean, experienced TV presenters such as yourself are oh, please. long past uh, these uh, sorts uh, of hands of um, the, the control. But the but with Zuckerberg, the the energy of the whole piece reminded me, and I and I, I cite this all the time because it was one of my favourite things that happened in Australian politics was that Department of Finance video oh, yes. um, from 2017, maybe 16, 17. And you remember dates, things happened. Well, mainly because I remember where I was working at the time when ah. I was doing it. And because and I, I, I ended up making a, a parody sketch of it. But um, yeah, because if, if, if you don't remember that, that was sort of all the dialogue was sort of like, um, hey, uh, I'm just going downstairs for my uh, paleo pear and banana bread. Want to join me? Just like phrases. That was the actual thing. That was too, the actual thing. Paleo pear and banana paleo bread. Paleo pear and banana In bread. In fact, dear listener, you need to hear the whole thing now. I'm so stoked for our presentation to the executives this afternoon. It's been a massive challenge, but definitely looking forward to it. Hey guys, I'm just heading downstairs to my paleo pear and banana bread. Would you like to join me? (laughs) No thanks, it's a little bit fancy for me. I'm actually off to an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander stuff network meeting. Okay then, see you. So how are you finding the program? Pretty great to be honest. I've been here less than a year and I never thought that I'd be working on a project supporting the modernisation program across government. Awesome. I'm working on a project in property and construction. Hey, are you going to the Young Leaders Network dinner tonight? Yeah, wouldn't miss it. The last one was great. Hey Claire. Hi David. I had a look at your report yesterday. Great stuff. Thanks. We're all really looking forward to the grad presentation this Arvo. <laughs> Thanks David. No pressure or anything. Hey Rita, I got this for you. Ah, thanks David. Hey, this year's grads are real game changers. I've heard some fantastic reports about their work. They've certainly hit the ground running. Well, actually, I should say sprinting. I've got two graduates working on projects in my division and they've just had such a great impact on the team. It's terrific. It's really great that we can talk to executives like that. Yeah, totally. 
It's just it holds up really well, and by well, really well, I mean terribly. But um, yeah, it's it, I. Can I we will play re- your parody as well? Because I'm not. Please. All yeah. right. Well, so our version, just for context, was okay. If you applied that style, because I was working at SBS at the time, if you applied that sort of those, that production style to uh, uh, promote the idea of working at SBS, what would that look like? Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Just happy to work at a national broadcaster of multicultural and multilingual programming with an unmatched quality and breadth of service. How are you? I'm good. I'm just going to get some paleo gluten-free baklava. Want to join? Uh, No, thanks. The script says I need to go over here now. Hey, Lanny, I got you this coffee. Oh, thanks, Mark. Did you see the Hitler doco last night? Oh, which one? Hitler's mailman or Hitler's masseuse? No, Hitler's sex change. Oh, no, I missed it. I need to catch up on iView. SBS on the match. Hey, Paul, I got you a coffee. Oh, thanks very much. I'm just going through some of the old European movies we used to show. You don't see bush like this anymore. Awesome. Hey, Roberto, how's the editing going? Oh, great, man. Yeah, just uh, pixelating out the last pubes from tonight's show. Oh, is this undressed? Uh, No uh, Italian yet. Cool. Hey, Sabre, how are you going on that story for World News? I'm in Struggle Street. Well, not the TV show. <laughs> but seriously, how are you going on that uh, Rohingya refugee story? Uh, it's, it's getting there. Cool. Yeah. I don't want to have to ask you again. Yeah. Hey, Rani, great job subtitling If You Are The One this morning. Thanks, I used the yellow font from the template. Awesome, people love that yellow font. Hey, Mike, have you got those ratings figures from last night? Yep, number one. Really? Yeah, it says right here, most watched network by people between the ages of 60 and 61 who also live in Newtown and speak Bulgarian. Oh, so Boris watched last night. Nice. Hey, so are you going to the heroin and crack cocaine party hosted by Viceland tonight? You bet. Although I won't be doing any heroin or crack cocaine, my drug of choice is diversity. Indistinguishable from each other. Uh, yeah. I still think the original was funnier, but <laughs> the, um, yeah. Well, it was just not for me to say, <laughs> particularly as we didn't actually listen to them as we're recording. So oh, we're just... don't break the illusion. Don't break the illusion. Oh, all right. <laughs> but it's, yeah, very unnatural conversation, and I felt really felt for the other people in the video who felt like they had to be performing at a certain level and, and maintaining a certain... Enthusiasm. I saw a little bit of a woman talking about games, and it just felt. I just felt like she she deserves a raise for that. She was really. I felt like she was working overtime in that little seg- segment. Maybe I need to um, indoctrinate you in the genre of corporate keynote addresses. Oh, please! Because they are very much a thing. That if you, I mean, in the before times when there were conferences, conferences and such things. Can, can I have to um, interrupt this? Because I just. My phone just buzzed and I was expecting it to be something that I would need to attend to. But it's something much better and this is, this is happening live. Still, still, I want to show you what I've just received. This is what has just come through on my phone. Mark is handing me a phone and it's a message from an unknown number that just says, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> that's, um, that's really something. Um, it's simultaneously... 
extremely general, and yet you can't help but feel take it incredibly personally. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just love it. That is that is just so beautiful. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. From a number that from a number that's not in your phone, and it's in tr- Yeah, I now I right. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, they're right. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, fuck off. In what sense can that be right or wrong? <laughs> it's just a good general attitude. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Um, but I, cause, cause I, I think we're all used to, at the moment, getting the, the spam messages and the, you know, whether it's... I thought, yeah, for a moment I thought it was from Clive Palmer. But, yeah, or Craig um, Kelly. Craig Kelly, but... Mm. Um, but you know, you know, a lot of a lot of you know, hoax phone calls and things at the moment. Things that I just sort of, you know, they never leave a message. But for someone with the unknown number to just go, let's take it up a notch, let's go with fuck off. Like, let's see what happens. So how are you going to respond? Well, I don't know because now I'm thinking that this is an experiment that someone is sort of. It's quite an interesting idea. I don't know if this is what they've done, but they've sure you could theoretically go if I send fuck off to, you know. 50 numbers uh-huh. inevitably if I just choose 50 random numbers inevitably those will correspond to some real people and surely some of them will, will respond I, I'd like to think it's some grand experiment that they're conducting of like I said 50 fuck off my phone just buzzed again I'm going to open up and see <laughs> what uh, okay no it's, uh, it's something else okay <laughs> it was it's a, something much more benign um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a, it's some it's some production stills for my appearance on Celebrity Letters and Numbers, which will be tonight, uh, oh. Saturday. If this is going out on Saturday, it'll be tonight on SBS. Celebrity Letters and Numbers. Excellent. Uh, Hing is doing very well. Michael Hing has done a, a, a tremendous job as a former quiz show host. Uh, I thought <laughs> um, Michael was excellent. He was really funny and um, you know, sort of like it's it's quite hard to sort of. Um, captain the ship it's sort of quite hard to kind of steer it in the right direction I think Michael had a really good sense of okay that's enough of that <laughs> moving on to the next thing <laughs> um, no he's he's been marvellous and I think what it was really to his yeah and I think and I think it was really cool that they brought back Lily Cerner and David Astle to in their former positions I think that's a really nice nod to the you know the fans of the of the, of the series now Michael did say uh, that as it, the first episode went to air his mother messaged him to say he looks fat oh on on air do you agree with his mother on that is he looking no I think I think he's very well dressed I think the yes. the, the, the yes. wardrobe department has done a tremendous job I mean I, that, think, I think just he looks properly fed as opposed to when he was you know doing he, street he, documentaries he, he, and he, lo- he looks health <laughs> he looks healthy to me yes yeah it reminds me of the thing that my dad said to me after my first uh, comedy segment this is in 2012 I was on a show called the roast this was when it was a two-minute show uh, uh, once a night and uh, I did my first segment and my dad's feedback was uh, oh yes yes uh, you were very audible uh, I, I I heard every word you said. No, okay. All right, well, let's start with that. That's okay. That feels like the bare minimum, but okay. All right. As long as I, as long as I could, I was, as long as I was heard. What a lovely home. It's quite hygienic, mm. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then I got another message which just said, fuck off. <laughs> Don't know. That was, that was from, from That was from mum, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
Mark, I don't know whether you realise it, but as we record this on Wednesday, it's a huge day in, in the America. Mm-hmm. The Amer- the Amer- <laughs> there, isn't there more than one America? Um, I don't know. I, I'm reminded, someone said the other day, uh, there, there was a, a constitutional amendment which didn't get up, which was to rename it the United States of Earth. What? Yes. Gosh, okay. I thought it was kind of... You know, a bit more work needs to be done before you can claim that. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you know, the, in, I don't know if this is true of every sport, but certainly in the NBA and the basketball, the, the World the Series, world, yeah, exactly. NBA is world champions. Yeah, you know, baseball World Series. Very arrogant current country. I, yeah. yeah, I'm uh, done with it. Well, at the moment though, the QAnon people. Oh, are they still going? Oh, mate, this is even better. Q, we haven't heard from Q for months, surely. Well, I mean, that's part of it. But what was what was meant to happen today, uh, well, the third of uh, November, second of November in, in the America, people gathered in Dallas in Dealey Plaza mm-hmm. um, because they believed that Trump was going to be reinstated. Uh, and that there was going to be a new vice president, JFK Jr., who you might think died in a plane crash in 1999. I think I know that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, apparently you're wrong, and so are many people, that JFK Jr. was going to come back, uh, and, in fact, Trump would be the 19th president uh, because, in fact, everything that's happened since 1871 is unconstitutional in the United States. Did Rod Cullison write this document? This feels like a very, very, very close to it, isn't it? But anyway, Trump will step down. JFK Jr. will become president uh, like he would have if it wasn't for Killary plotting to kill him. And then uh, General Flynn will become vice president. Of course. Um, So in this scenario, JFK Jr. is not only alive, but now a Republican. Is that right? Apparently, that, okay. apparently yeah. so. He's come back from the dead to switch parties. Uh, well, it, it gets better. Oh, yeah? Uh, because Trump will become one of the seven new kings, most likely the king of kings. And those of you with a Christian education will know that the phrase king of kings refers to... Jesus, Jesus I don't. God, <laughs> I don't. God, yes. I'm not familiar with that book. Uh, there will um, be seven <laughs> trumpets, seven presidential messages to all phones on earth, seven kingdoms. So you're saying there's seven new, seven new kings. Who are we talking about here? Who, who else? If Trump is one of the seven, I want to uh, know who else is on that list. Um, I haven't got that information in front of me. I, um, <laughs> I don't think anyone does. I'm, I'm afraid. No, but, but I'm opening it up to speculation of who would be in the seven, you know, the seven kings. I'm now thinking... If you've got Trump there, I'm thinking maybe... Bernard King. King. Bernard. <laughs> That's not what I was going for, but I like... Yeah. <laughs> Graham Kennedy. Yeah, Don King. Don, um, yeah. uh, this, this all makes a lot of sense. <laughs> sure. Martin Luther King. Pop, Poppy King, if you remember the uh, uh, lipstick... Uh, uh, <laughs> she was the lipstick queen of Australia in the uh, late 90s, if you remember Poppy King. <laughs> but I was thinking more, you know, sort of like the, the Trump, the Trump lights, the Dean Keynes of the world, the Scott Bayos, the Kevin Sorbos, oh, the James wow. Woodses. I was wow. thinking these are the new kings. The, the Kirk Cameron, maybe. I don't know how, how far Kirk Cameron has gone down the Trump train, but... Um, I mean, these are all very good thoughts, but apparently no one turned up at Dealey Plaza. Uh, or none of these people did. All of the, the fans did, but none of these actual people did. Uh, so now... Oh, this has already happened? This is, yeah, this is, oh. this is in the last few hours. And here I was hoping that it was all about to pan Well, no, they're now thinking that all these people will turn up at a Rolling Stones concert that's due to happen in the evening. 
Oh, that's... <laughs> because, I mean, that's the obvious well, next thing to do. Well, if, if JFK well, Jr. can't materialise from the dead at the spot in Texas where his father was assassinated in 1963... So, so you're saying that worst-case scenario, they just Stone's get, to, concert. They get to go to a Stone's concert. That's, yeah. See, that makes more sense. Yeah. Just It'd be a Grateful Dead concert. Yeah. You should try and make... Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I just realised the pun after I yeah. said it. I was just Isn't thinking. there a band called the Dead Kennedys? Is that a thing? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That should be... I think that... I don't, yeah. Um, but that's already been done. Has it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think if you're going to plan one of these events, yeah, have it coincide with something else that you'd also like as a backup. Just <laughs> like, like a Stones concert. Yeah, exactly. So, so for me, it's sort of like, yes... Uh, Fourth Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it's, movie. it's another. Well, well, I mean, there were five in the oh, original series. Uh, not to go. mention the the three in the most recent trilogy. Not to mention the the TV series and animated series. But let's not get bogged down in Planet of the Apes lore uh, again. Um, but uh, uh, if you have any questions about Planet of the Apes, of course, please do send them through. <laughs> and end your message with the words. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. That's how I'll know it's directed. Yeah, you don't need to direct it to me. Don't say, dear Mark. Just end it with fuck off and I'll know that it's for me. Um, after I did an appearance on Will Anderson's podcast in which I referred to um, drugs as, uh, referred to pills as tablets, uh, I, I do get occasional messages uh, about, uh, about tablets. And so I, I, can, I can always tell, oh, okay, that person's listened to Willosophy. So if I get a message from people saying, fuck off, I'm going to go, well, that must be Still's audience. That's still Garyan's audience, surely. Not, to, not a genuine fuck off. I will post the number on <laughs> the podcast website. <laughs> and you where you two, I'll just actually, no, I, it would be unfair to post the actual number. So I'll just put a button there that if, if you press the button, yep. it will send. Fuck automatically off. send a fuck, yeah, off. fuck off. That, I actually love the idea that we put that number out there and then that person then receives, you know, 300 messages of fuck off. I'll put this other person's <laughs> number out there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you think you're going to tell me to fuck off? Well, i got a surprise for you. Here's 300 people saying fuck off. <laughs> While we're uh, in the America, Republican Senator Josh Hawley has concerns. Oh, yes, that one. At the moment. Uh, he believes that feminism has driven men to pornography and video games. Oh. After years of being told that they are the problem, that their manhood is the problem, more and more men are withdrawing into the enclave of idleness and pornography and video games. I found the comment by one young man to a Wall Street Journal reporter particularly evocative and particularly heartbreaking. He said, I'm sort of waiting for a light to come on so I can figure out what to do next. I think we were already there. <laughs> <laughs> Mark and I uh, this afternoon have become quite concerned about feminism. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, I mean, obviously. Uh, so, and, you know, we've listened to Senator Hawley there and going, yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> So the rest of this podcast will just be pornography. <laughs> yes. and that's or, or rather, us watching pornography. Yeah. I mean, it would be I mean, copyright infringement for yeah. me to play pornography. And there are, I think there are, there are pornographic video games. I think if we can bring the, the best of both worlds together. Um, there are indeed. Yeah. But that's the women who made us do it. This is not, we don't choose to do this. No. Yeah. Um, but you especially, I mean, you're just mad for the porn and the video games, aren't you? Just oh, absolutely. Because of, because absolutely. of the feminism. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> There was, there was actually 
Did you did you know that until recently the Premier of New South Wales was a woman? I mean, that is just political correctness how, gone mad. That's when I got into pornography. That's once once that once that happened. Yeah, uh. Uh, yeah. I, as soon as soon as Gladys became Premier, I went and bought a WeConnect. Um, that's that's the effect that Gladys being Premier had on me. Yeah. The word apparently we're meant to use is hokis, H-O-K-I-S. That's what uh, Daryl Maguire used when referring to apparently it's Armenian for uh, beloved or something along those lines. Oh, I did wonder about that. sexy yeah, sorry, babe or something. I think I, I might have just shown my ignorance. Is there such a thing as a we connect or have I just made that up? Is that a um, thing? <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> believe it's an... There's, um, there's a Nintendo this is Switch. This W-I-I, not W-E-E. W-I-I, a we connect that we... Off, off air, we were talking about Trough Man. That's a separate story. Unfortunately, um, we can't tell you what we know we, what about we, Trough Man. No, but we, all, other than that, we know that he exists. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there's there's a Nintendo Wii, and yeah, we connect. We connect. Yeah, okay. It was, it was the online service for your Nintendo Nintendo Wii. So you wouldn't necessarily buy a Wii Connect, would you? It's well, you wouldn't more. now because the the back end stopped working in. January 2019. Well, I mean, that, but that's about when, you know, Gladys I, came. I, I have no idea whether I'm talking no, crap but that's when, or not. No, this is when Gladys was in power anyway. So, you know, I think it actually, you know, I think it, it actually backs up my claim. And, and this is not down to Trough Man. No. Uh, the Trough Man... Th- Trough Man turned me on to... Oh, what, did, what did Trough Man turn you on to, Stilgarian? A sense of curiosity. Yeah. About whether Trough Man existed or not, and mm. he did. Do you remember when you first became aware of the... Oh, years ago, years ago, Mm -hmm. years ago, in the great age of of Sydney gay parties and things, which I was not in Sydney at that time, and Mm -hmm. by the time I moved to Sydney in 1995, uh, that had all passed its peak. Okay, (laughs) the the pissing on men in urinals uh, heyday was well and truly, uh, had well and truly passed. There has been, I think, a documentary about Trough Man, a oh, radio documentary. I, I thought he was a part of the Marvel Universe. I, was, I must have been confused about his role. Trough Man has his Wikipedia page. Barry Charles, born 1949 or 1950, better known as Trough Man, is an Australian underground celebrity known for his paraphilia of water sports in toilets at Sydney gay venues in the late 1970s through 2000s. Through 2000s, right, okay, that's prolific. Anyway, yes, the ABC, Kirsty Kirsty Melville uh, did a, a, an episode of Earshot in 2017 called Searching for Trough Man. Wow, okay, well I know what I'm listening to after this. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's the 9pm edict with Stilgarian, but then once I'm finished with that, I'm listening to that <laughs> Trough Man episode. <laughs> And if you'd like to donate to uh, here, Stilgarian, in conversation with Trough Man, hit, hit up the... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, yes, all the housekeeping is under control. Thanks, Mark. I'll do it. You got it? You got it. I've got it. Okay. Indeed, the housekeeping is completely under control because I'm going to do it now. The next two episodes are both being recorded next week, so if you have trigger words or a conversation topic, do pay attention to what I'm about to say. On Tuesday, I'm 
going to be in Orange in the central tablelands of New South Wales, uh, where I'll be chatting with a friend of the pod, Father Carl Sinclair, who's uh, one of the local Catholic priests out there. Uh, we'll be talking about a great many things. Uh, I will be going to a cemetery mass for the dead in cargo, which should be fun. But if you have questions for Father Carl... Uh, I'll need them uh, by Tuesday the 9th, uh, let's say midday, midday uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Time this Tuesday the 9th of November. And then on Friday, uh, another friend of the pod, John Birmingham, will return. Uh, and if you have trigger words or question, uh, conversation topics, etc. for him, I'll need those by midday on Friday, this coming Friday, the 12th of November. So Tuesday for Father Carl, Friday for John Birmingham, but you will hear the John Birmingham podcast first next Saturday and uh, Father Carl uh, at some point uh, during the following week. Uh, and of course, as you know, this is all part of the Spring Series 2021. Uh, thank you for this episode uh, in particular. Thanks once more to Carletta Abianak, uh, who's uh, contributed yet again. Thank you, Carletta. Uh, and of course, this whole series has been made possible by the people who contributed to the 9pm Spring Series 2021 crowdfunding campaign. There aren't quite a few of them, uh, quite a few of you. I should say. Uh, so let me this episode list the the top sections. That's uh, the people who bought three trigger words uh, and have started cashing them in. Uh, that's Adam Baxter again, very generous. Ben O'Rice again, very generous. Crispin Harris again, very generous. Julia Drake Brockman again too. This is all amazing. Peter Leverdink, who's been a a hugely uh, generous supporter over the years. And Sheepy, once more, uh, a generous soul. All of you, thank you for uh, buying three trigger words. Uh, we'll hear from Crispin Harris very soon. I suspect he may uh, come randomly out of the thing. And conversation topics. We do uh, have one of them sold, uh, but that's from one person who chooses to remain anonymous. And overall, there were another eight people who chose to have no reward at all, even though some of them were the most generous of all. Uh, next episode, I'll go through all of those with one trigger word and the foot soldiers for media freedom and the media freedom citizens. So many of you uh, this season, thank you so much. If you would like to be just as wonderful as those people, and they're pretty wonderful, you've got to admit, uh, go to, uh, where shall we send you? The 9pmedict.com slash tip. Why not? The actual right place, the correct place. The 9pmedict.com slash tip. Consider a subscription because that's when you get uh, trigger words or a conversation topic and things like that. Uh, if not, just chuck in a few dollars as a tip. Every bit helps, let me tell you. Uh, and and if none of that appeals to you, but you enjoy the podcast, just tell your friends and and listen and say nice things about it. But go to the 9pmedict.com slash tip, obviously. Oh, hello. Yes, yes, it's it's time for some trigger words. Uh, no glass jar of transparency today because I didn't want to bring a glass jar down to the Sydney on the train with me. So I, I have a 
chemist warehouse plastic wow. bag of of translucency <laughs> with scraps of paper. The chemist know. warehouse bag of translucency. <laughs> this is not yeah, a sponsorship, by the way. No. This is just but if anyone from Chemist Warehouse is listening... Abs- absolutely <laughs> yeah. love your work. Yeah. You are, you, your range is extensive and your prices are quite reasonable. If you want to sponsor a podcast about uh, <laughs> urinating on men and uh, feminism uh, leading to pornography, then Silgarian's your man. <laughs> Marco. And on that note, would you like to shove your fist in there, <laughs> draw out a piece yeah. of paper right. and tell okay. us what it says? I've shoved my fist into the... Uh, Okay, now what does this say? It's someone's name followed by a word, and that is Brenton Ralph. Hello, Brenton. Hello, Brenton. Rejuvenation. Rejuvenation. Is the word. I, I, I can say with um, great certainty that I've never said the word rejuvenation until now, so I don't think I feel strongly about it. Um, does it speak to you, Stilgarian? <sighs> well, I, I'm going to throw it back to you, and I, I know that. Uh, you, you have said, you said again um, uh, on, on a live stream uh, less than 24 hours ago that you were concerned about the fact that you're in your late 40s now. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. As you explained on your previous appearance on this podcast. This is right, yes. Well, no, okay, that's a fair point. Yes, no, I am, anxi- I am anxious about... Um, Aging? Well, I mean, it was, I, think, I don't think I was anxious. No, I'm not anxious about it, but it was just something, as I said on the previous podcast, I'd been on uh, Win the Week, the ABC quiz show, and I'd been paired with a, a member of the general public. And Which is a... Worst matchmaking It's always show. dangerous. <laughs> and, um, and there was a category which was old news, and, and, and my teammate for want of a better term, said, oh, I'm really pleased to have Mark on my team because um, he's a lot older than me and so he'll, he'll uh, be really good in this category. And I thought that I was roughly the same age as this woman because I, I was 35 at the time. And I said, so hang on, how, how old are you and how old do you think I am? And she said, well, I'm, I'm 30 and I, I reckon you're in your late 40s. Um, and so I kind of... I don't know what to do with that. I mean, do I need to be invest? Do I, do I drink more water? More sun? You know, I mean, do I need to be using more sunscreen? I, I thought I was doing all right, but now I. Yeah, I, I <laughs> thought you were. I thought I was just okay. Fine, I, I just yeah. looked, looked like who I am. Uh, <laughs> but now I don't know. So if there so is. So will you? I mean, would you take? An, an elixir, uh, some sort of. Uh, would I bathe uh, in a fountain of youth? Uh, I was going more for your, you know, the plastic surgery slash. I just um, think daily routine, which ends up taking three hours a day. Yeah. Uh, uh, transfusing the blood of teenagers, like Peter Thiel does. I've, I've um, been, yeah. I've been. I mean, look, I've been hitting the. I've been hitting the. I don't l- think they're teenagers. I think they're, <laughs> they're adults of some sort, which might still be teenagers, but nevertheless. I've been hitting the L'Oreal uh, moisturizer pretty hard uh, since then, mm-hmm. um, and. They're good range, you, you, reasonable price. Yeah, got it from Chemist Warehouse. Actually, yeah. it's funny you should say that. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I think <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I, I yeah, right. I, would, I was would, hoping would, to would, age would gracefully, but no, I would not. I would not. Would not I would get not. work done. With no, the, the old I just knife. think there's more example. I mean, when you see the occasional example where you go, "Wow, that!" But there are a couple of examples of people that I've either met or seen and gone. Man, you fucking you won the lottery. I don't know who you went to, but you fucking nailed it. But I think that's the exception to the rule. I think if you see someone like this is a specific example, uh, Jacqueline Smith from Charlie's Angels. Right. Now, 
I don't want to assume. I, I'm feeling like she must have had look, whatever she's doing. Check out Jacqueline Smith from Charlie's Angels. She looks fantastic. So if we can find out what Jacqueline's doing, uh, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Rob Lowe, of course, one of the other. Everyone always talks about Paul Rudd, but Rob Lowe is looking fantastic. I think he's even started his own range of products. Maybe we should get in, get in scalpels on scalpels and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Um, and sort of meat cleaners. <laughs> yeah, you just wear someone else's skin, basically, is my understanding. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Brendan Ralph. That's, <laughs> is that, that's the kind that's of... That's where it went from rejuvenation to why not wear someone else's skin? <laughs> Absolutely. Whoa! I, now I you're going to pick just, one here? No, well, no, no, no. You'll, I, you'll, not, you'll pick it, or I'll, I'll pick it out, but I've just dropped them all over the thing. Which it's I, almost I, like the bag of translucency or is not... Is not living up to, to the to the, the jar. Bag, the bag of incompetence <laughs> <laughs> or incontinence. Oh, okay. Crispin, oh, I love it. Crispin Harris. Oh no, we can give it that. Okay, Crispin Harris has gone for the word sanitized. Now, I, I, I must admit that I'm I, I'm not hitting the sanitizer as hard as I was at the start of the pandemic. Mm. I'm being a little. Mm. Am I being too casual with it? Do is the sanitizer that important? Aren't we more concerned about the yeah, is, that, is the hands thing a big deal? Is it still Turns a big thing? Turns out to be not as, not as important as we thought it might be. No. Are there people still out there who are doing the thing where they're, they're going to the supermarket with the gloves on and they're coming home and they're spraying down their Coles bags? Is that still happening? And, and you're disinfecting, disinfecting their all zucchinis. The, yeah. That's no. Oh, well, I, I mean, there may be people doing that, but then they're probably this, the people who were doing that to right, start sure, with beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Right? I mean... Which, which is a very sad thing. We shouldn't be making jokes about it, but quite funny. It's very funny, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think that might get edited out. Fine. <laughs> 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 this is the. I think this is the problem that editors have on. Yeah, like you know, panel shows and quiz shows. Is that so I, I was told recently about a, a certain comedian kind of did a, a running joke throughout a taping of a certain show, and ultimately, yeah, the you know just. Vast swathes of the show had to be cut out because it was just it was just this <laughs> tasteless can't. ongoing repetition throughout the episode. What people don't realise, um, yes, watching those shows is you think, gee, they go close to the edge, and that's all a bit risque. <laughs> Mate, you only get to hear about twenty percent of what it's, is on the floor. Uh, I'm amazed. Yeah, I'm amazed. It is extraordinary that there aren't more people who sort of go to a live taping and then come out and say. And leak all the yeah, and then leak all the stuff because it's like I think there's absolutely cancelable material <laughs> that goes up, but, but fortunately, I think audiences go okay. They're putting it out there. They're in yeah. the moment. They're trying. They're, they're, they're reaching for a laugh. Didn't land that time. It'll be cut out. But yeah, if you go to a live taping or something, you'll inevitably hear something defamatory or deeply uh, insensitive, uh, mm. tasteless. Probably a good reason to go. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it is actually. Yeah. It, is, it is fantastic, and and. Yeah, it is just people in the moment. There is a riff. Your brain makes a connection. Yeah, yeah. And I sort of... It's, it's funny, whenever, like, you know, David Koch puts his foot in it or something, mm. they go, how is this guy still on air? How did he say this terrible thing? And I'm like, he's on air three hours a day, live. Yeah, like, it's is... amazing that he doesn't say more stupid shit. It's actually... Ast- he's actually doing really... If you took it against the sort of... The collective, you know, airtime... The amount of time he's been saying something you know, horrendous is 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 you know it, it minuscule. It, you, you round it down to zero. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think we just need to say back to those people, mate. If I had to listen to you for three fucking hours a oh, day, gosh, you know, this, yeah. I mean, this podcast already—you've deleted half of it. Ah. 
And, and you know, if I had to listen to that, I'd, you know, I'd just message everyone involved and say, fuck off. You fuck off. <laughs> I think it's going to be the ending of the show. <laughs> Mark, as always, fuck, fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off. Um, we haven't really addressed the issue of sanitised. I do want to come back to that. But um, we did talk about people in the moment. Now, we both watched uh, Channel 9's tribute program to the late, great Bert Newton Indeed. the other night. Indeed. And one of the, the key bits was Bert's famous accidental racism, I'll say, to mm. Muhammad Ali, the great mm-hmm. boxer, when he said, I like the boy, mm-hmm. which, uh, which of course is a bit of a racist thing to say because all of the, 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 the black slaves were called boys. Fetch me my liquor, boy, which Bert didn't realise because no. I like the boy had been a catchphrase he'd used... For weeks and weeks, yeah. and I can't even remember what it was about. It was just some running gag, mm. um, a vaudeville bit. Yes. I was, told, I was told I was coming here to give out a war. They didn't tell me I was going to do an interview. Well, no. I must. I must apologise. This this is also serving for me as an audition for Willis at Seven. I do a bit. Mike's going on holidays for a couple. You want to get to the gold? You think you want to get to the gold? But I have a surprise. <laughs> this, this is going to be a surprise tonight. Well, I, I, I think, think yes. I feel you, you find out who out there wins this, it will be a shock. <laughs> I like the boy. <laughs> Did you say Roy or Boy? I like the boy. Is something wrong with saying that? Roy. Yeah. Hey, hang on, hang on. No. I'll change religion. I'll do anything for you. I don't, I don't care. What's wrong with saying that? I like the boy. Boy, you. Who, I, I mean, I like the man. I like. Oh, I, yes. Who's your boy? We're facing in the right direction. But if you want to do, I don't care. I'm sorry, Muhammad. I. Uh... Uh, yeah. And so the, the thing I've always been fascinated by about that clip is that after he says I like the boy Muhammad Ali understandably reacts and says hang on did you say boy or Roy and there's people in the audience who then start shouting Roy he said Roy and I always kind of go okay but if Bert goes with that (laughs) what does I like the Roy mean (laughs) how do you dig yourself out of I like the Roy. Uh, oh, he's a boxer. You go. I like the Roids. Someone, yeah, ma- someone, no, ma- I- someone made the observation, which is, which I thought was an interesting take that maybe Bert would have come up with in the moment, is that Bert was from Fitzroy and was a big Fitzroy football team supporter. So maybe in the moment he would have gone, I like the Roy. I like the Fitzroy. I like the foot. Uh, Fitz- Fitzroy. That's what I'm talking about. I like the yeah, Roy. Yeah. I don't know why I brought it up now with Muhammad Ali. I don't know why I would say I like the Roy, but uh, <laughs> just he might like just, maybe a bit. Thank you, uh, Muhammad. I like the Roy. Yeah. I just uh, just letting everyone know. <laughs> um, what is interesting looking back at that clip because it is put up as, as some people saying, "Oh, well, Bert Newton was a you know man of that time and a racist. He said such an insensitive thing. He clearly had no idea no, that this was I, a thing I, you shouldn't uh, say." Yeah, I think he, you can clearly see genuine like horror at the thought that he would have said something offensive. Mm. Yeah, but you can also see it in um, uh, Mr. Ali's. Reaction that he mm. realised that this was all just a complete misunderstanding, and yeah. you know they hugged before going off stage. Mm. And then, and then Muhammad Ali gave him the gold logie. He handed him the gold logie. <laughs> um, uh, that was in the script, though. Yeah, he, he didn't, he have, a had, he didn't, he didn't have a choice. Yeah. But he seemed to do it with conviction. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All lovely stuff. We- weirdly, uh, Bert Newton got a telegram later that night from an unknown number that just said, fuck <laughs> off. So, I don't know. Who's to say? When we look back at that, this can come back to sanitised, actually. Mm. It's always a bit of a challenge looking back at television from more than a few decades ago because mm. there are always bits that you think that that would never go to air today, that would, that would be cancelled material, that would sure. be run out of town material. Mm. Uh, before we started recording, we started... Uh, um, I can't remember the name. League of Gentlemen. Mm. Before we started recording, we, we did talk a little bit about the League of Gentlemen. Great British uh, um, comedy show. Lots, lots of sketch comedy, lots of catchphrase comedy. You know, I'm not much of a fan of catchphrase comedy, but there you go. Um, each to their own. <laughs> each to their It's quite good. But there's, there's bits in that that that's only a couple of decades back now. It, it, or 90s. You, you couldn't do it now. You couldn't mm. really have the mocking transgender taxi driver with the hairy legs and the skirt and the gruff voice talking about things. I mean, you and I wouldn't do a character like that now. There certainly are people who still would do Mm. that character. We have to look at this, I think, and think, well, you know, that was then and this is now and they wouldn't do it now and have people learnt. And Mm. I think the, the the, the difference comes when... The creators say, well, that's what I did then and I certainly wouldn't do that now because, you know, I've, I've moved on and the world has mm. moved on as opposed to those who um, righteously, self-righteously defend what they did and it's political correctness gone mad and yeah. all of that and, you know, if, it, if it's funny then it's funny now sort of thing. Mm. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this and you're no. frowning too. <laughs> and, and the, well, no, I'm just thinking of Little Britain and how I, that was a show that I uh, used to watch and I think now I'm not even sure, I think all the streamers have taken it down or what have you, but but it was a show that at least in its first season before it became purely kind of catchphrase comedy, um, yes, there are sketches now that you wouldn't do, but they actually did a lot of sketches that were just kind of just sort of traditional sketch comedy that was just mm. I, I i'm sort of i think that they exist on youtube so i can still revisit them but they're just there was a, a running set of sketches which i enjoyed which was just david williams as a as a, a professional a pianist um being at the piano you know in a concert hall and he'd be going you know i had a bag and then he looks under the table and he's oh and he shows it to the audience and he's found his bag. And I just go, I love that. I just, just, there's, there's no one's harmed by that. It's just a guy who says that, that real human thought that there is sometimes you suddenly remember, oh, where was my bag? Yes. And that what if you did that while you're doing, while you were performing a concert? Um, yeah, so I sort of go, could there have been more of that? Well, yeah, I mean, some, some stuff, you're right, is timeless. But I mean, yes, people go, oh, Monty Python is fabulous. A lot of it just doesn't hold up. So oh, sure. Putting aside their use of blackface and 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 terribly uh, patronising, clichéd Pakistanis and, and foreigners and all of that, <laughs> putting aside the overt racism, um, the production values are generally shit. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know... Yeah, but then uh, they were the first to do it. Well, it's, think- it's like all the people who then... You know, go back and look at Blade Runner and the movie and see all the scenes and they go, oh, well, that's from here and that's from there. and, that, and it's that. No, 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 no. All of that 
is from Blade Runner. Yeah. There, I think there's a curious thing that happens when... Um, I mean, the Burt Newton thing is a good example where Channel 9 aired a retrospective which featured all those great moments of Burt on IMT or the Don Lane Show or Good Morning Australia or what have you. The reality, of course, however, if you go back and... Wa- so you have this idea, you, go, you look at those things, and you go, man, the Don Lane Show was fun, wasn't it? Oh, that was fun. Now, I could tell you, as someone, and don't ask me why I, I did this, but I went and bought a DVD box sets of the best of the Don Lane show a few years ago. 34 full-length episodes, 34 90-minute episodes. I watched all of them start from start to finish. And I'll say here, it was largely a terrible show. It was, you know, very, very... Du- so now, I'm looking at from today's perspective. Yes. Now, at the time, it might have been different. But just, there was... That's be- all we had. We, yeah. we just had our television uh, in the corner. I think And a were- small slice of bread to eat. Yeah. And Mr Lane <laughs> would come on the television. Yeah. And, you know, and they'd have a song. Yeah. I'm, I'm becoming a bit Ed the Everage here, yeah. aren't I? Please. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll just be your bridesmaid. Um, and But the... Um, the uh, Madge? Madge. 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 Thank you. Uh, I'll just sit here silently. Um, but, yeah, but, like, you know, Don, you know, the, the, he'd do some pretty ordinary jokes. He'd sing some average songs and, you know, Bert would come on and, be, you know, Bert would be the highlight. Mm. But there were segments where they would – I remember they spoke to a guy called Reno the Butcher, who was a butcher, and basically the whole segment was him explaining different cuts of meat. This is a variety show, right? Um, so we have these ideas when we Dear watch – listener, this. if you would uh, like me to, to spend a segment on, on, yeah. on an episode explaining <laughs> the different cuts of meat – Stilgarian.com slash tip or 9pmedic.com slash tip, whichever you goes to the same page. And uh, just just do it. If, if I feel it's enough, I'll, I'll do yeah. a cuts of meat segment. Yeah. I'll Might even get a butcher on. First email's come in. Again, it says fuck, fuck off. Fuck off. off. Yes, yeah. yes, interesting. Uh, um, so, but we have this idea of these shows. When you watch them as sort of best ofs, you get, you get this sort of inflated idea of a show. When the reality is, is that, yeah, if you're putting out a 90-minute live show twice a week as they were doing, it's going to be kind of pretty ordinary a lot of the time. And then it's going to have some peaks and, you know, and will have some great moments. But I think that's the sort of, yeah, the sort of rose-tinted glasses you have this, you sort of forget all the kind of rough stuff. And so I think that's interesting. If you then go and watch the Monty Python, yes, okay, we'll remember, you know, the dead parrot sketch and various other things. Um, but, yeah, if you watch it all through, then you might go, oh, that was, you know, that was pretty ordinary. But, that, you know, as long as your strike rate is, yeah. <laughs> you know, above 50, I don't know. <laughs> as long as you get those, you know, knock, out, knock them out, as long as you, you know, knock it out of the park from time to time, that seems to be enough. But should those programs be sanitised to come back to a question from Crispin Harris? Um, Uh, You did mention that, you know, some of the streaming services drop episodes here and there. Some, and I can't remember which ones and which series off the top of my head, uh, but the streaming services just put a little little warning, a thing in front of it saying, this is a thing from back then and, and some of you... Uh, might find it offensive today. Yeah, I recently watched the... I can't remember how... Maybe it goes for four or five minutes. A a new video piece that was added to the start of Gone with the Wind. That's what I was thinking of, yes. Uh, And I watched that little segment. And i got to say, I thought they did a great job. I know at the time people were like, oh, you know, it's sort of... You know, infantilizing people and people can, you know, make decisions for themselves. And I thought it was re- done really, it was not beating you over the head with it. It mm. was just sort of providing some context 
and saying there's still things about this film to appreciate, but there's you know it's there are areas where it's lacking nuance or or, or giving a sort of uh, um, much more positive view of, of this you know uh, of, than what was actually happy days of slavery. Yeah, exactly. A little, little, so I just thought that that was really well done. So I'm 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 open to that sort of thing, but you know of course as the you know, straight white male uh, who is, you know, rarely the, you know, the butt of these uh, jokes in terms of the comedy shows. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very easy for me to say, oh, yeah, just bung a message on and just let it exist. It, you know, it obviously it doesn't, doesn't affect me. It's not really for me to say. A uh, professor of strategic studies and uh, history and things in the United States made the point on Twitter the other day because we had the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks in mm, the US. Yeah. He, he pointed out that he now has students in his classes and, and of course, soldiers joining the military, young men and women joining the military, wow. uh, who, of course, were not alive at the time. So it is necessary to explain what a big deal it was. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it is very much in the past. That's extraordinary. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm someone who each year, as it comes around, if there's a new documentary, I devour it. I was this okay. year. There were new ones. And I'm no. I'm endlessly fascinated by it. I, um, you know, I, when I, I went to New York about six years ago, I went to the 9/11 Museum, which I think is really very tastefully done and. I, I, quite a remarkable achievement, and then the actual memorial site, I think, is also, uh, yeah, again, a, you know, sort of a beautiful piece of art slash architecture. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 the only thing that I found t- too much at the 9/11 memorial is the uh, 9/11 museum, rather, is there is that you can pick up a telephone and you can hear one of the calls from someone on the aeroplane to their loved one. Basically one of those farewell calls of, our plane has been hijacked. I, I, I'm assuming obviously that the family has agreed, has allowed that, and that's fine. It's something that I couldn't bring myself to pick up. That felt so intensely personal. I, I, I didn't feel, I felt uncomfortable about having access to that. But, um, but other people didn't, they happily picked up the phone and listened. Um, but yeah, anyway, but the, yeah, there was some, you know, I think this year there were documentaries where, like, even speaking to George W. Bush at length for the first time, which you know we haven't really seen him do in a in a documentary about 9/11. Did a, a, a redo of uh, reading the the little goat story for everyone. <laughs> that was that was that the was what, to yeah. Talking that's about how they the got him into it. So. They said, "Would you reread the book?" Oh, and can we ask you a few questions? Oh, okay, okay. And sticking with the uh, sanitized. Theme. Thank you, Crispin. Uh, Maz Johanovich, who's friend of the pod, she uh, is the commander of uh, ooh, 10 or 11 squadron um, in the Air Force, Royal Australian Air Force. Oh. Wonderful pilot, former test pilot, mad woman. Wonderful fun. She was looking through um, Huntsville, which is where the Saturn V rocket is. There's a museum there of space, oh, yeah. Saturn V rocket. That, well, not the one that launched people to the moon there, but there's one there and so on. And they completely denazified the existence of Werner von Braun, who was the main rocket engineer, uh, former German right, rocket scientist, uh-huh. developed the V2 missile. Denazified is not a word. I, mean, <laughs> I almost expected that word to come out of the chemist warehouse bag of transparency. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but this is on the plaque. This is, this is an exact quote on, on the plaque talking about him. Uh, Rarenius awarded a doctoral degree in physics, University of Berlin. 
Dr. Von Braun's work became widely known and led to the establishment of the Rocket Centre at Panamunda in 1937. Under his direction, this group developed the Wasserfall anti-aircraft guided missile. In September 1945, Dr. Von Braun came to the United States. <laughs> came to the United States. Where he worked with se- Scene missing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, 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 there's just a sense that... No, no, there's a bit... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a bit in the middle. Yeah. That's, again, back to the Gone with the Wind. I think there's, I think there's like a... Simpsons joke where it's like Gone with the Wind edited for seniors and like they come out of it and I think Grandpa or someone goes, wasn't there a war in that movie? <laughs> And speaking of wars, there's a war coming up soon. The Chasers War on mm. 2021. See, well done. Oh, Very well done. I, I didn't even see that coming. Ah, yeah. No. Uh, have you written it yet? Oh, God, no. Yeah, no. okay. That's, so, no, no. Let me explain. <laughs> we like to keep it fresh. We want it to be as topical as possible. I wouldn't dare to. Either. So many things. A week is a long time in politics still, as you know. And so it's about, what are we? We're about three weeks out from the... The uh, first shows. The first show. the end of November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Chasers War on 2021. The Chasers War on 2020 was, of course, just a couple of live streams during... Well, thank you for watching. Thank you. I watched both of them. I appreciate that. Well, did you did you notice many differences between the two? No. Uh, well, it was whole sketches difference. Oh, were there? I've yes, forgotten that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It was it was a different lineup. Oh, good. Oh, that's uh, good. In I'm the glad two episodes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it's and and it's on YouTube now, which is a a mashup of the two episodes. Uh, of the least worst segments. The least, <laughs> least worst. Yeah, I mean, again... There's some know. fabulous segments. Anyway, look up The Chasers War on 2020 on the Tube of Views, the Sheep Tunnel. Uh, but the war in 2021, you're out and about. Yes. Large, lots of postponed dates. Large, yeah. So largely New South Wales. Please stop sending me... I keep getting messages from people saying, why aren't you coming to Hobart? It's like, are you serious? Uh, do you need just me, fuck off. Do you, do you need to? Yeah. Do you need me to explain what's happened? Um, so uh, we're doing Central Coast, Newcastle, Wollongong, Penrith, Sydney's Animal Theatre, uh, Canberra, and I believe Melbourne is about to be announced as uh, we're back on. So Melbourne looking quite likely, uh, but that's what, what we've got at the moment, and other cities, if they mm. manage to open up. Go to chaser.com.au uh, and slash live, I think. Uh, slash war on 20. I don't know. You, yep, you, fine. Find see it. what happens. Chaser.com.au slash fuck off. Let's oh, yeah. see. <laughs> Try it all. See what happens. <laughs> and the very last question. Oh, you've got a book out. Look at the podcast. On politics webpage. and stuff. Mark Humphries and Evan Williams' book. Fantastic book. Very, a very quick read. A real page turner. Because mm, it's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, no, it's a page turner because it's very short. Yeah. And finally, I'm asking everyone on the pot up until Christmas, how do you reckon it's going to win the federal election? Oh. Assuming, I mean, it won't be this year now, I don't think. No. I, I, I think last time I came on this pot, I said that I think Scott Morrison would be Prime Minister for a decade. You did? Uh, I'm standing by that. <laughs> I think I think there's still enough people in the in the population who just don't care. So <laughs> they're not paying attention. So I think Morrison will uh, uh, scrape through scrape through again. Well, uh, in the last episode, as I said two weeks ago, uh, the sports bet odds, which is obviously the ultimate, um, oh, yes. you know, measure of anything. What do they got? Betting market. Well, two weeks ago, it was Labor to win a dollar eighty-five to Coalition dollar ninety. Very mm-hmm. close. Then last week, it flipped the other way: dollar eighty-five Coalition to win 
$1.95 for Labor. Extraordinary. And as I look at it at Wednesday afternoon at 15.44 Australian Eastern Daylight Time, it's back to a Labor win, $1.85 <laughs> to the Coalition, $1.90. <laughs> so all we can really guarantee at this stage is that someone is going to get... 85 cents or 90 cents back on the dollar. That's what they're... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just edging up or down. And uh, in a minute, I'll add the tag to the show and you'll hear what it is, you know, in a few days' time. Sure. And it'll probably be the other way around because yeah. someone's suddenly down. Suddenly the Greens are <laughs> surged ahead. Well, any other is $51, but... <laughs> Gee, that's that's pretty. I'd, I'd roll out to 200 I'm amazed it's 51. Day. I... That's... What? I mean, no one's going to go. <laughs> anyway, it's been lovely. Thank you. Mark Humphreys, fuck off. Fuck off still. Fuck off. <laughs> and uh, at uh, nearly 7pm on the Saturday night, as we said, we recorded Wednesday afternoon, but coming up to 7pm on Saturday night, the 6th of November, the odds, sports bet odds uh, for Labor winning the election have shortened from $1.85 to $1.80, and uh, for Coalition uh, winning have lengthened $1.90 to $1.95. It's amazing what a successful international campaign in in Italy and Scotland can do for the ratings of a prime minister. That's all the edict for now. Next two episodes, Father Carl Sinclair, then John Birmingham, at least in order of recording. Get your trigger words and conversation topics to me as quickly as you can. Uh, do the needful over at the 9pmedict.com slash tip uh, next episode next week until then I'm still Gary and wash your hands the 9pm edict is a skank media production sorry <laughs>